Virginia's vagina. Virginia's vagina. Worcestershire. Worcestershire. What's up, America? What's up, Australia? God. What's up, rest of the world? I am the Beaver. You're listening to the Fantasy Unleashed Alpha Plays podcast, part of the Fantasy Unleashed podcast network. Josh, I know that uh, it's getting pretty close to your bedtime here. We're doing this late Friday night, so I'm going to do it on the first take for you here, bud. This week, we are doing the tournament edition of the Alpha Plays podcast. Every player selected is projected to carry single-digit ownership. Now, needless to say, these are going to be plays that are much better suited for large field tournaments as opposed to cash games. So, let's get it kicked off. Speaking of the old bun, he petitioned hard for this one. I reluctantly agreed to make the quarterback alpha play of week 13 none other than Mitchell Trubisky. Trubs has had on 11.7% of his completions, they've gone for a TD. That trails only Aaron Rodgers. So we know that the upside's there. Not only that, but he's a runner. He's dual dual threat player. So we get a little bit of upside, a little bit of floor baked in, which is always nice. Draws a great matchup against Detroit. In his last four meetings versus the Lions, Mitch Trubisky's had three or more TDs, including about earlier this year in week one. So we've got a strong history of performance against the Lions. We've got a little bit of upside baked in. The cherry on top is a couple things. We've got nice stacking partners. Um, I think Allen Robinson's one of the better plays on the slate on paper. Um, I'm always in favor of playing Darnell Mooney in tournaments. Uh, the king of the buy low air yards model. He gets a lot of opportunity. He gets a lot of opportunity. It hasn't hit nearly as much as we'd expect it to. I think regression's coming. I think he makes for a great low-owned stacking partner. Now, we do have an Allen Robinson injury report that popped up on the injury report earlier today. Uh, We have not received an update on that. But if Allen Robinson were to be out, now Trubisky's already going to be Very, very low-owned. I don't think there's many people outside of the bun that are sick enough to click that button. So it may just be you and him that are playing Trubisky this week. Now, if 
A-Rob's out, that ownership will be virtually nothing. I mean, he will be completely unowned. And I'm okay with that. Uh, in fact, I'd almost... Nah, I won't go that far. But he's a type of player that doesn't correlate great with his receivers because he gets so much of his production on the ground. Um, he's just a grinded out, dirty, you know, whatever it takes to get to 25 fantasy points. I believe that's exactly what he had in his fir- in his return last week. Um, so yeah, I don't think he needs, uh, of course it's nice to have Allen Robinson, an all pro receiver, uh, but I don't think he needs it. And if, in that scenario, and I haven't even I haven't even punched this in yet, so this might be completely unnecessary. But on a slate with a bunch of studs, I don't mind triple stacking him with Darnell Mooney and even Cole Komet, the rookie tight end who's recently uh, sort of usurped Jimmy Graham on the the tight end pecking order for Chicago. So, a lot to think about there. Um, you know, proceed with caution. Proceed with caution. Um, if you're not a full-blown degenerate sicko and you don't want to click the Trubisky button, um, Kirk Cousins is another great option, uh, tournament option. Um, really just surprised at his projected ownership of 3%. Uh, doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. He's on fire. Uh, I wouldn't go that far, but he's, he's, he's hot right now. He's playing well. Um, the stacking pieces are quite obvious on a weekly basis. The offense is very consolidated to Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson, either of which are great stacking partners. Kyle Rudolph in play if Irv Smith's out yet again. And the best part about cousin stacks every week is that they're direct leverage off of Dalvin Cook. You know, when those, when Cousins hooks up with one of those receivers for a touchdown, that's a drive that ended without Dalvin Cook scoring a touchdown. And at his elevated price tag, you know, any shot, any ding that we can put into him is, is going to go a long way. So I like that too. Um, on to running back, where we've got, and I warn you, there may be a bit of main event Super Bowl bias baked into this pick. But we're going to go with Miles Sanders. Now, if you haven't uh, X'd out of the, shut, turn the podcast off and X'd out of the browser, I'm going to tell you why I'm willing to take a shot on Miles Sanders here. He's got a tween. He's got a one of those price tags where he's just sandwiched in between chalk, um, in that no man's land for running backs. I don't think that. Well, I know that not a lot of people are going to go there. He's pro- currently projected three percent ownership. I'd be surprised if it were that high. I think it's a legitimate one percent dart throw. Um, but. Being in that no man's land where everyone else is either paying up or paying down at running back gets us onto a more uh, contrarian build for that particular lineup. I like that. Um, 
Now, of course, we all know he's coming off the eight-touch, 22-yard absolute floor game on prime time. And, you know, everybody saw it, and that's why that's why he's going to go under the radar this week. Um, nobody's going back to that. Everybody saw what happened. It was a, It was a complete dumpster fire. And I don't expect it to get a whole lot better in Philly. But, listen, this guy... He's a talented player. He doesn't need everything to be going perfectly to produce. Uh, he's had a m- schedule that's been a murderer's row. Um, and it just so happens that when it got soft were the uh, were the few weeks where he was injured. So he didn't even get to capitalize on that. Um, so through this gauntlet of a schedule that he's had, he still maintain- managed to maintain an average of 100 scrimmage yards per game so this week he draws the Green Bay Packers who rank 28th against opposing running backs pretty much the nut matchup we all saw what David Montgomery's fat ass did to him last week um you know I didn't even think it was possible for him to have a a run that long or to put up a stat line like that uh, I've been on record saying that I don't think he could average five yards per carry for the Ohio State Buckeyes. That's how bad he is. And he shredded them. Um, they've given up 20 or more combined fantasy points to opposing running backs in all but three occasions this year. You know, we'll see, we'll, we'll see what, My- what Miles can do against them. Uh, the main event team would sure appreciate it. But, you know, it's a bit thin. But it's the tournament edition. These are all thin. But really what matters is that we're we're being paid out appropriately on these guys. You know, when they hit, we're going to be paid appropriately for the risk that we're taking. Um, now, if you can't go there, I sure as hell wouldn't blame you. Uh, we got Carlos Hyde as a nice uh, as a nice option. Uh, coming in at sub-10, looked great in the return, only had, I think, nine touches, looked great with them, um, just so clearly, visually, the best running back on that team. Um, we've got Pete Carroll making comments about the um, the cooking of Russ being being fun while it lasted, pretty much, is what he said. I don't know if there's anything like that. That was his point, though. And that now it's time to get back to their identity as a team, which has been uh, running the ball and playing good defense. Um, Really like Carson here. Um, Just like what we were saying in the Cousins being leverage off of Dalvin Cook, I think Carson presents that as leverage off of what looks to be a chalky Russell Wilson and his pass catchers this week. Uh, Now we've got Cowboy Wayne again. No main event biases here on the other side of that game that I don't mind. Just absolutely shredding week in and week out. Don't hate that. Jonathan Taylor is somebody that I'm going to be taking shots on this week. Nothing crazy. Um, I'm not a psychopath, but I'll have a few bucks on it. Uh, just really kind of seemed like he was uh, he was finally making that jump to workhorse territory. Came off a huge volume game uh, before 
before getting the old Rona and having to sit out last week. I think a lot of people forgot about that. Um, I think we're getting a great price over on uh, FanDuel. Now these, when I talk ownerships here, in these plays, generally speaking, are directed at DraftKings. Uh, more often than not, though, when a guy's super low owned on one side, it's probably going to follow suit on the other. I really like Taylor's price tag over on FanDuel. I think he could get lucky and fall into the end zone. That's if uh, Jacoby Brissett doesn't come in and vulture all the touchdowns, um, which he probably will. So if you're not prepared for that tilt, then, uh, you know, that one's not for you. Okay. Wide receiver, alpha play, week 13. This is for all my uh, hometown buddies, Cleveland Browns, diehards. They never get any action. We never talk about the Browns. I wonder why. Well, here you go. The juice. Jarvis Landry. Let's pull up the old game log. Now, I've been on record many a time making fun of game log watchers. Um, you know, the guys that just click on the player's picture and then see what the stats have been the last couple weeks and whoever has the highest, plug them in. But you know what? It's not... It's not as much like that anymore in 2020. It's like the field finally caught up. We don't see the masses rushing back to the guy that went off last week. Um, we don't see nearly as much of that. And it's vice versa, too. I've talked about this on the, on the, um, the other podcast is, uh, you know, we don't have, um, we've got a lot of people fading big games. And we've got a lot of people that are more willing to go back to guys that have coming off of duds, and as they should be. You know, that's the right way to play. We don't look at, we don't care about small sample. Um, Jarvis, Jarvis got off last week. Um, that, that's why I'm talking about this. Uh, but I'm not as worried this year about uh, the high ownership and neither are the projections. They've got them at 7%, which to me is just ludicrous. Now, there's a whole other element of a, of a highly elevated price tag that goes into that projection. Uh, he is expensive. And I think that um, some folks will have sticker shock when they look at some of the names of the um, just some of the big names that are around him in the pricing, they're not going to want to click that button. They're going to want to click on those uh, some of those other more polarizing guys. Um, but I'm going to go to the juice. Uh, now, again, what I was talking about like three minutes ago, pulling up the game log, let's do that. Let's be a giant fish and do that. So we've got Odell Beckham going down four games ago. The first game without Beckham, Jarvis drew 11 targets, and that was the game where he missed out on at least three that I counted potential touchdowns, easy touchdowns. Um, he dropped two of them, which is very unlike him, uh, and I think Baker missed him badly on another one where he was wide open, no surprises there. Um, then, you know, they go on by, and they have two weather games where the weather rendered the game completely useless for fantasy. So we're on a 
stretch of over a month here without Beckham, where Jarvis Landry has been completely off the radar. Nobody's, uh, nobody's had to think about him. And then last week, he finally gets some good weather, decent matchup, and he pops. 11 targets, 8 receptions, 143 yards, and a score. So, you know, could we be on to something here? I think we are. Um, you know, we think back to last year when Beckham was not around. Jarvis was a top 24 wide receiver on the season. Uh, he was very consistent. He was expensive. I recall him being, um, you know, over 7K on FanDuel for most of the season. Um, it's just a guy that I think is going to be looked at quite differently here in a few weeks when we get a little bit of a larger sample size without Beckham, some some better game environments, and I just want to be early to the party. I don't think that it's too late, um, and clearly the ownership projections don't show that it is. I think there's still plenty of meat left on this bone, plenty of time to get in on this action. It's... The highest total on the slate. And I love all the pieces from it. None of the pieces are coming in highly owned. uh, Other than Henry, who's still only the fifth or sixth highest projected uh, running back as far as ownership. So, real head scratcher. Um, I think it's going to change a little bit. Um, I think it'll creep up throughout the rest of the week. But, uh, man... Yeah, if it stays anything remotely close to this, uh, this will be a game that I'll have every combination of. I don't know if I'm sick enough to play the Baker stacks, um, but you could with Juice, Hooper, um, even Cream Hunt. Uh, I'm more likely to use Jarvis as a run back to the Tennessee stacks, uh, which I think are some of the better uh, stacking possibilities on this slate um so all kind of ways to use jarvis this week i like him quite a bit um other options bob woods i'm not going to read you the career splits versus arizona uh in uh primarily versus patrick peterson you can listen to virtually any other podcast that's been produced this week uh for that information uh aj brown already talked about it uh, I love everybody from that game. Uh, I think he was coming in at like 3%. Something absurd, man. It's just it's just insane. Uh, he's a just a tournament waiting to be won at that ownership. Um, so those are a couple other guys that uh, coming in at single-digit ownership that I think you could go to. Okay, last but not least, tight end. Alpha play, tournament edition. Week 13, it's the sicko, Mike Jasicko, coming in at an unexplainable 7%. We got the news that Ryan Fitzpatrick will be starting for the Dolphins this week. We can only hope that it'll be the rest of the way. Um, I don't have any notes. I don't have any stats, though I'm sure there's some really good ones on uh, the old sicko. I don't think we need it. This one's simple, guys. Um, you know, we're in the 
exact same scenario that we were at the end of last season. We've got Fitzy at the helm. Uh, we've got Jasicko and Parker healthy, and we've got uh, Preston Williams done for the year. And I mean, you can go back and look. This was the, this was it. It was it was Fitzy, Parker, Sicko every week, triple stack every week. And you want to talk about a guy that's going to be priced differently in a few weeks. Um, you know, if we see, and again, a lot has changed. So do take this with a with a bit of a grain of salt here. Um, you know, this is a different offense uh, that they're running as opposed to last year, um, but not a lot different. Um, you know, we, we saw, we, we, we caught a glimpse of this last week. Fitzy was out there doing his thing, slinging it all over the yard. It was, it was sicko, it was Parker, it was, it was glorious. Um, and I can't wait to experience it again this week. Um, you know, in a tight end landscape where, my God, my God, only a few people, you could even argue, that have 20-point upside. And, you know, one of them for sure, most of them, you got to pay a ridiculous price for. And that's just not what I want to do on this slate or any slate in 2020 is pay up at tight end. So if I can find the cheap guy um, that's got the, the same, and again, I'll probably take some heat for this, but in my opinion, the same ceiling as any other player at the position on this slate, um, then I'm going to take my shot. You know, of course, the floor is a lot different on a Mike Jusicko versus a Darren Waller. I mean, Jusicko's floor is, well, it doesn't exist. It's not even there. He's got three goose eggs this year, for Christ's sake. Um, you know, but it's that floor that you're paying for with Waller. And you get a very similar ceiling at a discounted price. Give me the Sicko all day. Give me the Fitzy stacks. Don't even need to bring them back. Um, that's how we're going to win all the money yet again this week uh, here in week 13. That was the Fantasy Unleashed Alpha Plays Tournament Edition. I'll catch you guys next week. Thanks for listening.